I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just go along with me by the Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is Jake Kokorowski, senior writer, along with John McNamara, editor and recruiting analyst, and we have a lot to get to football and basketball, and for that latter part, we'll dive into the red-white scrimmage some of the highlights that I saw at the Cole Center today, and I was down there also on Friday for media day, so it's been a busy weekend because why? I was also down in, of course, uh, at Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday, Wisconsin Badgers, 38 nothing over the Michigan State Spartans, and we're going to talk some recruiting. We're going to talk some highlights of the game. And, of course, John and I are in the Vivid Seats studio Make sure, folks, to use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. Of course, first-time customers only, and quite frankly, you probably find some of those seats for Wisconsin, Illinois coming up next week down in Champaign if you want to head down to that part of Illinois. Anyways, John, another impressive display. I think you and I both did not predict that type of game. But 38 nothing, a defensive performance again for, I don't know if I say the ages, but just another dominant, overwhelming, suffocating defensive performance by Wisconsin. And then on the opposite side, even when they bottle up Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin still gets the ball moving. Jack Cohn still makes the key passes, and Wisconsin comes away with its second cross divisional win of the season. Yeah, like you said, Jake, I don't I I did not see, you know, this type of lopsided win coming. And, you know, when you you bottle up Jonathan Taylor about as well as you can, you know, even though he found the end zone twice, um, that certainly left some some opportunities for some other guys. And, you know, when we talked this past week, um, you know, we thought that Jake Ferguson could have a big game, you know, partly because we talked to the guys from the Spartans uh, rivals.com site and they said that you know, with you know, maybe that's a, a spot where Wisconsin can exploit. And I think Ferguson had a very good game. Um, and you, like you mentioned to Jack Cohn, uh, 18 of 21, you know, no interceptions, one touchdown pass. Um, he was very good too. So yeah, I think that talks to, um, you know, that well-balanced um, offense that, that, you know, has been mentioned before, you know, you've talked about it a little bit, you know, if, if, even if you can, you know, contain Jonathan Taylor as much as you can contain him, uh, Wisconsin can beat you in a lot of other ways, um, you know, with, with what they can do on offense and just how stout that defense is. So, you know, it's a great win um, you know, against, a, I think, a pretty good opponent, even though obviously the, you know, Michigan State's scuffling a little bit after back-to-back losses. 
Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a great win, and you're going to Illinois, and then obviously everyone's looking ahead uh, to Ohio State in two weeks. So, um, you know, it's an exciting time for Wisconsin. We, you know, we've talked about special season potential, and uh, Wisconsin certainly appears to be on the cusp of that. Let's look at the takeaways for this game, as we always do the day after. The dust settles, not really instant reactions. It's more looking at the stat book, looking at pro football focus grades. What was your main takeaway what you saw out of that offense. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was um, the job that Michigan state was able to do against Jonathan Taylor. Um, You know, 26 attempts uh, for 85 yards, I should say 80 yards and two touchdowns. Um, You know, that's, that's a pretty good job against the nation's top tailback and um, you know, credit the the Michigan state defense on that part. But obviously, you know, when, when you, when you lose and you get shut out like that, um, you leave a lot of other opportunities on the field like we talked about. So um, I thought they did a good job against Taylor, but, you know, Wisconsin found other ways to move the football uh, really at ease uh, throughout the game. So um, that was my biggest takeaway looking at, you know, what they were able to do against Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, obviously they'll, they'll take a performance like that from Taylor any day if it, if it ends in a result that it happened against Michigan State on Saturday. Right, 80 yards, 26 carries, two touchdowns, but he also had three receptions for 22 yards on, on the flip side as well. So uh, on the receiving end, so that you know, over 100 yards all purpose and still made his presence felt there. A couple of first down throws from Jack Cohn to Taylor, which helped out with second and short opportunities. And he's my takeaway, Jack Cohn is. It is a, we knew that Michigan State coming in Averaged just about a hundred yards allowed on the ground. And next thing you know, you know, we talked about it. Will Jack Cohn need to step up? And he did. He only missed three passes. The last incompletion was his, I believe it was his last throw of the day. And that one was a long pass to Adam Crumholt. So that was in non-garbage time. He was 18 to 20, but he was 18 to 21 overall, 180 yards, a touchdown. Would have had two if Jake Ferguson does not you know, meet the demise from the turf monster or a, an invisible banana peel or whatever you want to say when he was down by the five yard line on that fourth down throw. But whenever he needed to make a throw, he, he made it, he was in rhythm. He was accurate. He had the arm strength and overall just, that's what you want to see out of a Wisconsin quarterback. Now I know there's the term game manager and whatnot. However, you saw what he can do. I mean, he was making those throws. I mean, he, though it was high, he talked about it after the game about how really, you know, he put the ball in a place where Quintess Cephas could make a play. And we've seen Cephas make those plays before with some acrobatics, putting the hand up there, tipping it to himself essentially, and getting in the end zone for that 19 yard touchdown for Wisconsin's second score of the afternoon. So uh, really uh, it's cone for my takeaway in the passing game stepping up where needed to and achieving that offensive balance to help move the chains where needed and also just alleviating some of the you know pressure that the running game has. And you knew that Michigan State was going to try to do whatever it could to stop Taylor. And for the most part, they really did with holding them to just over three yards per carry. But Cone delivers uh, and you know hit, what, eight different receivers as well. So Jack Cone is the big takeaway where he stepped up where he needed to and We'll see if he can in a couple of weeks. And obviously he has to keep it going this upcoming week against Illinois down in Champaign. Looking at the defense though, and you you know, what is your takeaway from Jim Leonard's unit? 
Yeah, you know, obviously the unit as a whole uh, has been excellent this year. Uh, the four shutout um, in in six games, and it's amazing what they're able to do. And then you know the, just how many categories uh, that they're leading in the country uh, on the defensive end is is really special. Um, I guess the biggest takeaway I have is um, you know when are we going to start to hear Zach Bond's name being mentioned? Uh, you know, in in all American status, um, he's having an excellent year. I think. You know, maybe not the face of that defense, but I certainly, you know, that might go to Chris Orr, but I think he's certainly uh, the, the most productive guy there, the biggest playmaker. Um, you know, he's third on the team in total tackles of 26, uh, first in, in tackles for loss of 10 and a half, first in sacks with six, first in quarterback hurries with seven, um, and obviously he had the interception return for a touchdown on Saturday. So I just think that, you know, with the way he's been performing, and obviously, you know, you and I follow Wisconsin very closely, um, it's tough to speak for the entire country, but uh, I would imagine that you know if if he has another couple good weeks, specifically you know on the big stage against Ohio State, that you know he needs to be mentioned uh, when people talk about their All America teams, uh, you know later later this fall. Absolutely, it was a you see him with that pick six, and you see Bond just again didn't get a sack, but he's creating havoc in the backfield and he should be considered with the way he is performing, but also this unit as a whole, you kind of reference this too. Like my takeaway is just they're performing at a level that is obviously far superior to what they were doing last year in 2018. They're more towards that 2017 squad might even eclipse that obviously halfway through the season. I feel like they've done, they're at that point or a little higher, but with Ohio state coming up and then games against Iowa, Nebraska, even obviously Minnesota too. And, you know, they have, they're going to take games day by day. That's just how they roll. And that's how they're going to work. But it really, it just, you know, this team right now, this defense is operating at such a high level. This could go down. Maybe this is my takeaway. It might be one of the best defenses of all time at Wisconsin. I'll go that high. Maybe that's my bold prediction. Maybe that'll be in my 3-2-1 column coming up that I have to write later tonight. However, uh, we'll see just what comes out of that. But right now, I think they're Zach Halperin from WOZN had a tweet earlier today talking about, and I'm going to bring it up right now, but you look at that stat and all the major stats for Wisconsin. You look at all that really, I mean, rush defense, number one, pass defense, number one, total defense, number one, scoring defense first in the country yards per play, pass efficiency, defense, third down defense as Zach Halperin, points out in this tweet about nine hours ago from when we recorded Wisconsin number one. And I remember Chris Orr talking about this after the game. I think it was or last week, I think sometime, but mentioned, you know, what would make this team, you know, this defense different. Basically it's, you know, from others, it's, it's being top three in, in like all the categories. And right now they're at that point midway through the season. That's something that's interesting to note. And I think that, you know, against, I'm not impressed right now with Iowa's offense. Illinois' offense isn't great, even though they average about 31 points a game. Um, Ohio State's going to be the big test right there, but all the other teams have certain flaws to them offensively that Wisconsin could capitalize on, and they could finish the regular season, you know, top three realistically. And I think this could be, as I mentioned, an all-time great defense for Wisconsin. And it goes from the players to the coaches, the coaching staff, and preparation. We'll see what comes of it, but. Honestly, I'm impressed to see what they've done so far. Um, 
game balls. Let's go to game balls real quick. John, who do you have? And is it a player? <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Paul Chris. Um, you know, one, you know, the game plan I, I thought was very good. And two, you know, going forward on fourth down, they're eight of eight now uh, this season. And, you know, credit Paul Chris for, you know, believing in that offense and, and knowing what's going to work because, you know, the running joke over the last couple of years is, you know, if Wisconsin's got the ball on, on the opposing team's 30-yard line, it's fourth and one, you know, he's going to punt. Um, and, you know, we saw some, you know, maybe not that exact situation, but some, you know, maybe head scratchers where, you know, Chris didn't believe in that offense and, you know, they punted and, you know, they kick it in the end zone. So you gain, what, 10, 15 yards or so. Um, I, I thought that, you know, he had an excellent game plan against Michigan State. Uh, you know, obviously, like we talked about, they they contained Taylor to the best, you know, that they probably could have. But, you know, they found ways to win. So um, I, I love the I, I love the confidence that he has on fourth down. You know, they converted a big one against Michigan State uh, on Saturday. Uh, so my game ball goes to Paul Christ. I think he's, you know, obviously had a great game on Saturday, but he's he's done an excellent job this year, I think. Um, so, I, you know, my credit goes to. And not credit, I should say game ball goes to uh, to Paul Christ. You know, I'm going to give mine to, it's hard because it was a real team effort. And that Chris one's a good outside the box one. I'm going to go, I'll go Cone. I think Cone really, just what he did, and I, I called it out already, with his day, his completion percentage, just the way he commanded the offense, there is trust between him and the players. You, you heard about that from Jonathan Taylor. AJ Taylor said he was executing his plays. I mean, you know, he, he showed, and there's been so many skeptics about cone and, you know, at points after last season, rightfully so he, he did not set the world on fire. If you will, when he replaced Alex Hornybrook last year, but now he has that, you're seeing that ability shine and he's, there's a confidence and there's a trust and there's a poise. And Jonathan Taylor mentioned poison leadership with him. I think Cone really stepped up in a huge manner and we'll see if he can do that the rest of this season, especially in two weeks. But so far, you know, over, was it 75, 76% completion percentage? He's doing everything you want the Wisconsin quarterbacks to do. And we'll see what he can, what he does. And, you know, eight touchdown passes, one interception. We'll see what he does at, you know, these last six games of the regular season and beyond, but Wisconsin's bowl eligible and that offensive balance is a huge reason why. So John, flipping gears, staying with football, but what about recruiting? Who visited and what have we heard so far about those who have visited? Yeah, I think we were kind of teasing it the last time, uh, the last podcast that we recorded, uh, but the big one obviously is the official visitor that they had on campus, uh, Jaquavius Marks, the running back from from Georgia, uh, currently committed to Mississippi State. Uh, but Wisconsin had him on campus for an official visit this weekend. Uh, we're still working to get him on the line uh, for a story, but uh, from a couple of people that I talked to, I thought the visit, they thought the visit went very well. Um, you know, no you know indication that he's going to flip or he has flipped or anything like that. I just think that, um, you know, obviously Wisconsin's getting a chance to know him and, you know, getting him on campus helps. So um, again, we'll, we'll keep kind of working to try to get him on the phone, you know, even later tonight into tomorrow, but um, you know, he was a, a big guy on campus for, you know, really, which is, you know, the last big position of need in the 2020 class, that running back position, um, you know, Marks is just one of a few guys 
uh, that, you know, are, are pretty intriguing names that Wisconsin's in the mix for right now. So it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know, who takes that running back spot in this class, because outside of Marks, uh, there's also, you know, two or three other pretty intriguing guys on Wisconsin's uh, recruiting board right now at tailback. John, looking at, there was a, from what I saw, a 2022 quarterback that you mentioned last week that was going to be in town and you had a chance to talk with him and seemed like he was able to take in a good chunk of Madison, including, if I'm not mistaken, the nitty gritty. Yeah, I, uh, I caught him uh, this morning, Devin Brown, and he said, you know, I'm just finishing up at the nitty gritty for a birthday root beer. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly a spot to go. Jake, you know that you've went to school at Wisconsin. I went to school at Wisconsin. I've mm-hmm. had a couple of birthday mm-hmm. parties there. So yeah, uh, it was, you know, his timeline, if you kind of look at it, Wisconsin offered uh, in May, they got him on campus in June for, uh, for camp. Uh, and he worked really closely with John Budmeyer. And then this was his first game day visit to Wisconsin. Uh, he's the only quarterback Wisconsin's offered so far in the 2022 class. Uh, and Wisconsin's his only offer at this point. Um, I just think that Wisconsin has jumped out to such a quick and, uh, you know, significant lead that uh, they'll eventually get him. Um, you know, he, he talked about, you know, he's thinking about a commitment. You know, it's, it's something that he has thought about. Um, you know, he didn't say it was, it's going to be Wisconsin or anything like that, but I just think that Wisconsin has, you know, really identified him early in the process and, you know, they've done a lot of legwork already. So I, you know, you have to really like where the Badgers stand with, with, uh, Devin Brown at this time. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him, but, you know, they've had some pretty good success with identifying guys early, you know, Graham Mertz comes to mind, you know, Deacon Hill in the 2021 class and now potentially Devin Brown 2022 class. Now, before we go to break, one more visitor, unofficial, in-state product, a 2022 kid like Brown, another big lineman in Joe Brunner. Yeah, another guy that picked up an offer earlier this fall. Um, you know, if, if, if it seems kind of odd that, you know, we're talking about kids that are just sophomores in high school, you know, that's, that's kind of the accelerated, um, you know, timeline that we're working with now with, you know, the earlier signing period. But yeah, like you mentioned, Jake, an in-state kid from Whitefish Bay, um, really, really impressive kid that we, you know, we've talked about him on the podcast before, uh, you know, he started at Whitefish Bay as a freshman and, you know, that freshman tape is, uh, awfully impressive. You know, he got a chance to talk to Joe Thomas, uh, on campus on Saturday. Um, you know, Wisconsin, again, has jumped out to a pretty early lead with him, you know, Iowa and, and Northern Illinois are also there. So, you know, he's a guy I think that, uh, you know, Wisconsin at some point will wrap up. He's, he hasn't talked about, you know, a, a timetable for a commitment or anything like that. Things are still pretty early for him, but, um, you know, he's, you know, arguably maybe the, the top in-state player in the 2022 class. And um, I, I think that if he goes out and he camps and he really wants some other offers out there that, um, you know, he's, he's talented enough to get some offers from the, the top programs in the country. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does, what his timeline is, if he wants to go camp anywhere this, this upcoming summer, but um, you know, two really good uh, linemen from inside the state in that, in that 2022 class and obviously Brunner and then Carson Hinsman, an, another kid who has an offer from Wisconsin. So, um, you know, obviously the, the, you talk to those guys, they're drawn to Wisconsin's tradition. They're drawn to being, you know, an in-state kid to potentially play for the Badgers. So um, we'll just, you know, two guys to certainly keep an eye on and guys that I would expect, you know, Wisconsin at some point to be able to keep them inside the state. And of course now Wisconsin 
goes on the road for four of its final six games. It starts next Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff, I believe, on BTN, Illinois, and facing an Illini squad that made things interesting against Michigan. So that'll be something to watch and see if they can replicate that type of energy against a now, for those that don't know, Wisconsin is now number six in both the AP and coaches poll. So that will be, of course, uh, you know, Wisconsin needs to continue that momentum as they progress through the regular season. And it's going to be interesting to see just how Wisconsin responds to a, another big cross divisional win and need to take care of things within the big 10 West. And that of course starts with Illinois next weekend. And folks, of course, Wisconsin got it done against Michigan state. There's, you know, there was a little, I think surprise just how much Wisconsin dominated and took control of the game over Michigan state. It was a pretty easy cover. And this week it's Illinois and my bookie is your place for even more action for the game. Not only your point to- spread and total, but my bookie offers in-game wagering. So track the action and movement as the game takes place. Game props, playoff odds, and national championship odds available too. Oh, and we can't forget the Heisman odds. And that just scratches the surface. We have teamed up with my bookie this, this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME and they'll match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk some highlights from the red-white scrimmage that I was able to check out and report from in the Kohl Center earlier today. So stay tuned. Give us a couple minutes. We'll be back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. We are back here on the badgerblitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. Jake Kokorowski, senior writer, John McNamara, editor and recruiting analyst. And we're going to switch gears now. We talked football, but now it is time to discuss what happened on the court. And John, the Badgers, we I was there for media day on Friday for the men's basketball team. Got a lot of audio. Hopefully you get a few stories up coming up this week. But really, too, on Sunday, we got the first chance to really see the team scrimmage back and forth in the red-white scrimmage inside the Kohl Center. Over 4,000 people came out to to watch the two 10-minute halves. So the teams were split up. 
And essentially, you know, they, they played, you know, basically a full half all together, but they split up into two 10 minute periods. And it's first off, I'm surprised. And we talked about this on the podcast, how quickly time's gone that come November basketball, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from basketball, really turning up the heat. And now you're going to be talking basketball previews coming up. And of course, seeing what this Wisconsin Badgers football team can do too. It's a pretty exciting time for Wisconsin athletics. Yeah, definitely. There's, you know, every year there's a kind of crossover between the two sports and obviously with Wisconsin football doing so well, um, you know, there's also some, you know, intrigue with the, with the basketball team. And um, obviously I think recruiting has a lot to do with that and they're, they're riding a really hot stretch right now. So, um, you know, and then looking at this roster, um, you know, it's different from last year, but I think there's, you know, there, there's some guys who, you know, Wisconsin fans are really eager to see, you know, one being Kobe King uh, and, the, you know, another being Micah Potter, who, you know, again, really small sample size, uh, you know, really, really small, but, um, you know, maybe the top performer uh, from today's action from, you know, as much as you can take away from an inner squad scrimmage. Absolutely. I think that's, you looked at the point totals all together, nine points, eight rebounds. I tweeted it out as a sort of tongue in cheek joke, but he nearly had a double double uh, in the, the the 20 minutes. He played 17, uh, 16 minutes, 51 seconds. So he played nearly 17 minutes overall and he stood out. He has an outside presence to him where he, he made one or two three pointers. He could post up down low. He was a presence inside. He, you know, he tallied the eight rebounds, but he also, you know, he was only two of four from the free throw line and he called it out. If you guys go on badgerblitz.com and check out the video of Micah Potter, uh, he talks about the free throws there, but he provides that, but also there's a hint of leadership to him too. And Aleem Ford spoke about that and he's vocal too. So he is a huge addition to this team, but it's also a huge hit to what Wisconsin wants to accomplish in its first 10 games because of the news that we talked about last podcast, where really he cannot play the NCAA denied that waiver to have him be eligible for the start of the 2019, 2020 season. So that's something to watch just to see how Wisconsin compensates. And during media day, Nate Reavers talked about him not being able to get into foul trouble. You know, there's, I don't know how much Tyler wall or Joe Hedstrom for that matter could work their way in more. I think Tyler wall will have more of an ability to, to work his way in as a rotational player, not a starter right now, uh, based off of what I've seen in, it's been one practice and one scrimmage. So sample size is really small, but I think he, you know, coaches like him. Joe Krabenhoff talked about just how he can, you know, he acts as like a sponge. Uh, but, you know, going back to Potter, it, he, his presence will be missed those first 10 games. And even if it's just a small sample size right now, you just saw some of the abilities and some of the, just his the characteristics that could make him, one of those typical Wisconsin big men who can make shots on the inside, be a presence there, get some rebounds, but also shoot a little bit from the perimeter and keep teams honest, uh, you know, in, in that factor. So I think that's big. Um, one thing too, John, going on this too, going with this highlights. Uh, I know some people have called it out, um, but there's some poor shooting overall turnovers and, you know, I just want to tell people too, 
really it's just a scrimmage. And I know the teams combined for, uh, it was actually 15 for 55 overall and three of three of tw- so three of 24 from three point range. It was not a good stat sheet for Wisconsin shooting wise, but you know, Greg guard talked about it after the game where, you know, these guys didn't, you know, there's more towards the turnovers aspect of it where they committed 16 overall, but it's one of those things where this team, you know, he mentioned the team didn't necessarily play with each other a lot, uh, you know, in terms of five on fives really, and, and working up and down the court. Um, and it's also just, you know, fans are there, they're in their uniforms, maybe. So there's some different factors, but he knows that they have to clean it up, but it wasn't necessarily a clean scrimmage, but yet I'm not so not too worried about it early on. Right. I mean, they played two 10 minute halves and, you know, I think they mentioned that, you know, they've only been on the Cole center twice now, uh, because the ice is always down on there. So again, I, I, <laughs> you know, this is what happens when there's, you know, only so much going on and, you know, the first thing that goes on, people want to read a lot into it. And, you know, that's fine. That's what being a fan's all about. But um, I, I don't think that, you know, Greg Gard should be really questioned about the, the the shooting from Sunday, you know, the next time that, you know, the media gets a chance to talk to him and really scrutinize that. Um, and, and it's a practice. And it's, you know, for some guys, their first time getting out there playing in front of some fans. Um, so, you know, you're just – you're really just making sure no one gets hurt, I think. And – you know, if there are some positives, that's, I mean, that's a good thing. So Micah Potter and, you know, there's, there's certainly stuff that, you know, you need to work on like the, the shooting. So again, like you said, there's, there's only so much you can, you can take from a, from a scrimmage. Um, it's, it is what it is. It's just, you know, 20 minutes of basketball in in front of some fans. So um, I, I, I don't have any worries uh, coming out of this scrimmage. And I also don't, you know, I'm not too high on anything that came out of it as well. It just, it's just one practice of, of many that they're going to have before things get started here. Right. Uh, we see this continued going forward, let's say during practices or whatnot, or if there's obviously the preseason game coming up down the road, if we see it against UW lacrosse on November 1st, which again is only a few weeks away, then it might be time to start getting worried. You know, there might be some issues. I mean, St. Mary's is on it. No, you know, November 5th, uh, that Tuesday, which is going to be on ESPNU uh, at you know, Sioux Falls, that'll be something to then maybe start talking about with this team. But just one practice, I have a feeling they'll change it. You know, teams have bad shooting performances early on. It's still very early in practice. Don't worry about that. But you know, one player that might have breakout potential, and granted, he had a rough day shooting, just one of nine from the field, though he hit nine of ten from the free throw line. And he showed some versatility in terms of being not just one of those three-point shooters or attempting three-pointers like he's been known for. He was kind of more assertive in the in the post and down low in the lean forward. I, I liked what I saw. I know the stats don't show it, but he's going to be a big-time player that they need to really step up with Ethan Happ and Khalil Iverson now gone. And you're seeing some signs that, that development is coming through and, and it's needed in a big way. Yeah. I'm curious to see if, if, you know, you see Ford, you know, more as a four um, this year, or is, is he more of a, a three as a guy that's, you know, a, a taller guy who can shoot a little bit. So um, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, uh, you know, maybe early in the year, if, if uh, you know, with the suspension of, to Potter, 
I shouldn't call it a suspension. It's not the right terminology there. Uh, you know, him not being able to play the first 10 days due to transfer, again, not a suspension. Um, you know, will you know, is for the guy that's going to be in the starting lineup at, as the four, maybe next to Nathan Reavers. Uh, you know, maybe you go Trice, Davison, uh, Kobe King, Ford, and then Nate Reavers. Um, so, you know, that'll be interesting to see how, how they use him. But, you know, he's, he's a big guy. And they talked about the muscle that he's added this year. Um, you know, from media day, I think he was a guy that, you know, the strength staff, you know, mentioned a coach guard that, you know, he was a guy that, that had a really good off season. So um, he's, you know, a, a guy that we've seen flashes from. And then, you know, the injury last year, I think derailed him. Um, you know, you want to definitely see more consistency. Um, but now, you know, Redshirt Jr., you know, it, it's kind of his time to go if, if he's going to make a run here at Wisconsin and, and do some good things. I, I called this out during media day where, you know, in the observations after the first practice that I feel like some of the guys are leaner, like Nate Reavers is down from 240 pounds that he was listed on and that he played last season, but down to about, he said he likes to be around 230, 235 tops. So he looks a little leaner but he still feels comfortable that he can make an impact in the post. Now he didn't have a great day either. He was, I believe, O of eight from the field and yeah, O of four from three point range. He had four rebounds and an assist, but really uh, he, you know, he will be needed. You know, he might, I think he was one of my breakout players for this season with Hap gone with Iverson gone that he's going to need to step up with the rebounds. He's going to need to step up you saw the blocking potential last year in terms of swatting away shots. He will be called upon to do that, but also stay out of foul trouble, especially those first 10 games of the year. So it should be interesting to see if teams actually attack him early on. But this again, uh, Kobe King too. He likes to be around the 203 to 200, you know, 205 range. Uh, Just with, with that muscle, he looks like he's still, they're still maintaining their strength there. They're getting stronger. It's just they're being a little bit more lean. And I feel that way with a lean Ford where he's he I thought he looked pretty built last year. Uh, I think he looks I'll have to find a picture, but he just feels trimmer. But you, you see the strength there and you're starting to see a little bit more confidence, I think, in the post uh in you know down low. And that will be a huge, huge development in his game going forward for Wisconsin and not being just a long distance shooter. So of course, fans, you guys check out badgerblitz.com going forward whenever they have practices open to the media i will do my best to be there in between whatever we got going on with football which right now is so busy and uh we'll of course check back in badgerblitz.com for all your wisconsin badgers news from the recruiting trail on the field and near the rim but john before we let people go what what should people expect this week coming out uh of our site yeah, you know, a lot of Michigan State, co- or I'm sorry, uh, a lot of Illinois coverage uh, coming up here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly have some more recruiting stuff. There's a few more guys that I was able to talk to tonight, so we'll roll some of those stories out. And, um, you know, when, when you're in the thick of the season, these, these weeks go very quickly. So, um, you know, we have a lot of just, you know, consistent articles that you've seen throughout the year, throughout the fall, and we certainly hope you guys enjoy those, and uh, those will continue to roll out. Um so, you know, it, like you said, Jake, with, with basketball starting up, it's a really busy time. Uh, it's a great part to uh, a great time to give our, our website a try with with two, you know, two big time sports going on and then recruiting going on uh, every single day of the year. So uh, if you've been curious about giving us a shot, uh, now's a great time to uh, to let us earn your business. Absolutely. Not only do you get access when you become a member of BadgerBlitz.com, 
you get all our, of course, our free content, but also our premium content. And John's been over the past, you know, gosh, for so many years providing great content and for about visitors, reactions, coaches, responses. This is what, uh, you know, it's our bread and butter here on badgerblitz.com. So give us a try there because not only do you get the premium content on badgerblitz.com, but for all rivals articles. So coming up for Illinois, uh, you'll have articles from our Illinois site, Ohio state, one of one of our bigger sites, you'll get access to the premium content there. Plus you get exclusive access to the Badgers den, which is our subscribers den. A lot of good rumblings, a lot of good talk there. John and I have frequent conversations. Our mailbag questions come from our subscribers. We try to answer them to the best of our abilities. So again, uh, great time to check us out. If you're looking for a holiday present coming up early, hey, that's a great idea there. Give us a shot, badgerblitz.com there. And then, of course, you can find us on Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers, on badgerblitz.com. For Twitter, at McNamara Rivals. For John, for me, at jcococo. And the official Badger Blitz Twitter account, that's at badger underscore blitz. Going forward, too, with this podcast, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, tune in, and also on the score in Appleton. That is the score WI. Big thanks to BJ DeGroote for, and, and Brian Butch for making that happen up there in, was it Northeast Wisconsin? Like uh, yeah, up, up near Appleton, Green Bay, uh, tons of great stuff. I, I love talking with those guys pretty much every other week or every week. Uh, on the score there. So big thanks to them for putting our podcast up on their website. So, uh, and of course, click subscribe. Why? Because it's, this is a free podcast, but every time you have an opportunity to go on your iPad, your phone, your laptop, whatever you listen to your podcast from, from those different avenues I mentioned earlier, whenever those get uploaded, they're right to those devices. So make sure you do that. And also, Hey, we love absolutely love feedback. We'd love five-star reviews. Why? Quite frankly, it helps us boost our popularity and helps us reach more of an audience, but we also like genuine feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Can we improve anyway? Can we make this even better than what it is right now? And we've, we've seen the reviews current, you know, recently we think we're doing a good job, but Hey, let us know, let us know what we can do to do better here on the badgerblitz.com podcast. So thank you all again. Uh, we'll, talk probably Thursday night as Wisconsin prepares for Illinois. We'll talk injury reports. We'll have an Illinois team preview. We'll talk if any recruiting news breaks. And of course, if there's any basketball stuff coming on, going on too, we'll do our best to deliver it all to you here on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media.